0: Hi, this is Oren. If you find these teachings useful and you'd like to learn more about my work, you can visit me online at orenjsofer.com or on social media at Oren Thanks so much. Okay. So, so far we've, we've, We've looked just a little bit at kind of the, the bigger picture of how we're thinking about um, pain or illness, how we're relating to it on the largest largest sense in terms of the stories that we tell and the view or frame that we have about it. Learning to notice... When we're stuck in um, a myth, that's not true. When we're telling ourselves stories that are exacerbating what's happening and um, just drawing on some of our own wisdom about how to step out of those places, either by drawing on community, um, having a different perspective, um, widening our attention, so I want to um, spend this this next chunk of time this morning um, really starting to explore our relationship to physical pain and beginning to understand what happens when we're in pain and what are our choices. So Susan, who joined uh, joined me yesterday, we did a a shorter workshop, um, for clinicians, um, and health caregivers and, uh, uh, health workers and caregivers. Um, this will be from, some of this will be familiar to you. Uh, I want to just do a brief experiment. You don't have to sit in any special way. You can just stay however you are, but I just invite you to close your eyes. And see if you can put all of your attention into your hands. So just feel any sensations in your hands. There might be temperature. There might be pressure or texture, heaviness. Just keep noticing those sensations in your hands. Now, become aware of your whole body. See if you can be aware of the whole body its weight, its mass, maybe its temperature. And then see if you can widen your attention even further using your imagination or just your kinesthetic sense, can you be aware of the space around you? Maybe even the size of the room in your mind's eye? Just getting a much wider frame. So was was anyone unable to become aware of your hands? Anyone unable to shift your attention from your hands to the rest of your body? Okay, so there's there's a few things here to point out. So one is that we have choice over where we place our attention. We can choose to put our attention in one place or another. So this is a very important uh, point and a very important skill to develop in meditation in general, but specifically for difficult or unpleasant experiences and sensations. Why? So when you were aware of your hands, when you put all your attention in your hands, were were you aware of the rest of your body or the room? You are. You were aware of the room. No, still in your body. You're still, You're still in your body. How much? How much space? How much kind of like mental space did your hands take up versus the rest of your body? Which was which was more? Your hands, your hands right? Probably more than fifty percent, right? Maybe even like eighty percent or ninety percent, right? So this is another very important point. When we focus on something, what happens to it? Gets bigger, takes up more of our mental real estate. So if you think of awareness like a screen, we can experience awareness in many different ways. We think of awareness like a screen, right? Whatever we focus on gets projected larger on that screen. So if you're feeling a painful sensation and you focus on it, what's going to happen? It's going to get bigger. It's going to take up more space in your consciousness. So one of the things that happens with, with painful sensations, physical, mental, or emotional, is that they capture our attention. And again, there's evolutionary reasons for this. You know, there's, a, there's certain conditions, actually. Uh, it's rare, but there's a condition where people don't feel pain. And it's very dangerous, Because if you hurt yourself and you don't feel pain, you can cause a lot of damage. So it it makes a lot of sense to an organism for there to be a strong signal when we're in pain and for that to commandeer a lot of the attention. But when pain is chronic, or when it's not an acute thing like, I stubbed my toe, I cut my finger, I bruised my elbow, and I need to take care of it, when that's not the case... That strong pain signal if if it keeps demanding all attention it just gets bigger and there's been research that's done I'm sure some of you are familiar with it that shows that um, over time chronic pain can become worse not because the pain condition is actually changing but because the it's getting etched into the brain because the more we focus on it, the more the brain starts to actually learn. The painful, the, the, the painful sensations as the main thing to pay attention to, and it starts to actually um, appropriate more of the neural pathways. So, an essential part of working with pain, one of the first and primary tools and capacities to develop is the ability to take your attention away from the pain to develop the muscle, the internal mental muscle, of choosing where we put our attention. And this is going against the grain because everything inside is being pulled almost like in a gravitational way towards the pain. The mind wants to. Go towards it, because it thinks that there's something that that we need to do about it. It's like when we, we were kids and you'd have a loose tooth that hadn't fallen out yet, like all day long you're playing it with it. like the mind just does that. it just keeps going there. The other thing that happens when the mind goes there is we can get overwhelmed right if it's if it's a lot of pain or if we're adding mental and emotional suffering on top with the stories that we're telling, we can very easily get flooded. And then, you know, it's difficult to function, we're not available for our life, or the people we love, Uh, not to mention that that in and of itself has difficult physiological effects. So, in working with pain, balance is key. I said earlier this morning that there's always two things in our experience. There's what's happening and how we're relating to it. So one of the main instructions that meditation teachers will give to people when there's something pleasant, unpleasant or painful is try to be mindful of it. Right? How many of you have heard that instruction? Try to be mindful of it, right? Well, you can't be mindful of something if you don't have some balance. If there isn't some degree of what's called equanimity, which is this kind of balanced non-reactivity in relation to what's happening, we can't be mindful of it. We just start reacting. We just start spinning. So the first step, the first intervention, is actually to see, can I come out? Can I actually move away from the pain? Um, There's a, a principle that firefighters use That's very applicable in this. And the the principle is, don't go in if you can't get out. Firefighters will not go in to fight a fire if there's no exit route. For obvious reasons, right? So it's the same with pain. We don't go in with our attention if we can't come back out. And this can be more or less challenging depending on the kind of pain we're working with. And we'll talk about that. We'll talk about different ways to move the attention away, to actually find relief from the pain, to find balance with it. There's a whole spectrum of practices that we can use to strengthen this capacity to move away from pain. (coughs) Uh, I call them indirect practices because they're not dealing directly with the pain. They're addressing it indirectly by creating the conditions, by supporting the conditions for us to be with the pain. So these, um, these indirect practices vary from uh, like directing your attention specifically to something else other than the pain, what, uh, what I like to call skillful distraction, choosing to put your attention somewhere else, um, to um, things like connecting with friends or doing another activity, that sort of thing. I'll go through a whole list of them. What's, um, what's important here is the intention, the intention and the attitude behind the choice to move away from pain. Um, so I'd like to use an analogy here of um, being in a relationship. So uh, sometimes in relationships, uh, we need some space. Somebody wants to talk about something, we're not in a good place for that. We say, not now, right? But we say, you know, not now, how about later? Right? If we just say, I don't want to talk to you, not now, then there's that sense of rejection, right? Like, I don't care about you, and I never want to talk to you. That's really hard. That's not what we're doing. We're not running away from the pain. We're not escaping it. What we're doing is we're saying, not now, later. So there's the sense of, I'm going to withdraw my attention as much as possible, from this experience. It doesn't mean the pain goes away necessarily. It means it's no longer the central focus. It's not taking up the whole screen. So I'm going to put my attention somewhere else so that I can gather enough resources and balance to come back. That's the intention, and that's essential in working with these indirect practices. So, I want to share a quote with you, and then to to hear some of um, to have a little brainstorm together. So, uh, Louis Pasteur, the man who came up with germ theory and first discovered germs, huge breakthrough in medicine. Um, towards the end of his life, his perspective changed a lot. And uh, he said, Le microbe n'est rien, le terrain est tout. Which means, the microbe is nothing. The landscape is everything. In other words, two people get exposed to the same pathogen. One gets sick, one doesn't. What's the issue? Is it the pathogen? Or is it the person's immune system, the strength and resilience of their body, right? So the person who discovered germ theory towards the end of his life actually had this major shift towards holistic medicine, basically saying, yeah, germs have an effect, but we should really be focusing on the overall health and well-being of the landscape, the inner e- ecosystem of the human being, because that's where health, health lies. How does this relate to pain? You see the analogy? The pain is nothing. It's the landscape that's everything. What's our overall state of resource, resilience, well-being? What's the context within which this pain is happening? If we're under-resourced, if we're tired, if we're isolated, if we're overwhelmed, if we're depressed, that pain is going to be really challenging, right? And I think we all know this. We all know that experience of a certain sensation or a certain configuration of sensations on one day can be not such a big deal and on another day can be a huge deal based on how we're doing in general, based on how resourced we are, based on the state of our inner landscape, and so this is this is what this principle of don't go in before you uh, don't go in unless you can come out is based on is that sense of how do we attend to our overall sense of well being and resilience so that when we do meet the pain we're meeting it from a place of strength and balance rather than from a place of uh, of being depleted. So I wanted to just have a brief brainstorm and see um, what are some things that you do? What are uh, strategies, methods that you have for finding balance, f- for taking your attention away from the pain in order to gather resource. So let's just do uh, let's just do a brainstorm and I don't know if we need the mic because i am assuming these will be brief and I can just uh, say them back so that to make sure everyone hears through the through the mic system come on I know there's a ton of things that you do to help you know find some relief or balance meditation. okay so meditation mm-hmm Nature, being outside. Mm. Having a routine, so a sense of structure, predictability. Great. What else? hmm Give me an example. focusing attention away from Okay. So 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 consciously redirecting your attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that could be internally, right? Like that could be if you have really strong pain, say somewhere in your core, it could be really focusing on your hands or really feeling your feet or even massaging your hands. It could be redirecting your attention externally, right? Picking up a book, putting on some music. What else? Observing small details. So it could
1: be nature or it could be science
0: mm-hmm. experiments. Right. Yeah. 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 So similar, but the sense of focusing on detail. Yeah. Yeah. And then so, so there's a corollary to that, which is. Um, not only focusing on detail, but expanding our um, our sensory awareness. So, um, there's a woman by the name of Darlene Cohen. Anyone know who she was? Yeah, a Zen teacher. So she she wrote a book called "Turning Suffering Inside Out," which is a wonderful book. I would recommend. Um, She had terrible arthritis, really crippling arthritis. And one of the things that she talked about was, in order to deal with it, she um, trained her mind to notice other sensations that were more subtle. So the touch of the wind on her face or the brush of the clothing against her skin. So... It's similar in the sense of focusing on fine detail, but specifically actually opening our senses. And so whether it's through sight or sound or smell or taste or touch, really being able to refine our sensory awareness, being able to dif- differentiate different colors or different smells. And so on a um, neurological level, what's happening here is that we are, we're recruiting more of our free attention and more of the of the activity of the brain for another experience so the more refined we can become with our attention in detail whether that's working on a small project with your kid or you know eating a piece of chocolate and giving your full attention to the the range of sensations and flavors and textures um we're giving the mind something else to start to pay attention to and to experience other than the pain signal. What else? It a hint of joy. Yeah. joy. And it could be anything, like yeah. a friend or watching a film Mm-hmm. Movie. Yeah. Love. Yeah. Focusing on positive emotions. Really, really important. Developing joy. Gratitude, kindness, generosity, and as you said, in many, many different ways, whether it's through an activity, social connection itself, right, is 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 a powerful way to find balance. And and again, this is this is um, this is in our in our nervous system. That so healthy human contact is calming and soothing for our nervous system. So, you know, and we see that borne out, right? Like, what's the difference between being alone with pain and being with a good friend and having someone to just talk to, right? Very, very different. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Mhm. Mm, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. So not not only the creative act itself, but the reclaiming the sense of agency to move from 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 being passive to active. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? Mm-hmm. And that usually to accept that less is okay. Like when my daughter was little, I called it low energy parenting. Uh huh. Where if I
2: was having a bad pain day or a low energy day, I just had something to do with her where I didn't have to do very much. Like we didn't have to go out and have a big activity in and an outing. I would just set something up for her and she would, she would engage in it and I would just kind of be. Mm-hmm.
0: I just
2: let myself accept that that was enough, that that was good enough parenting. It didn't mm-hmm. have to be. Also, I try, if it's possible, I try to find a way that I can give back or be compassionate or listen to somebody else's story mm. so that it kind of shifts
1: the balance Yeah, from focusing on myself or just sort of being caught
2: in that because of, you know... there's no Focusing
0: on some, how someone else is suffering, then somehow that releases the yeah, or it reduces the level of my suffering. Yeah, thank you. Beautiful. So, uh, less is more. Allowing oneself to do less um, and service. Yeah, showing up for others um, yeah, as a way of moving outside of of that experience and the, the way the mind gets captured and focused on the pain. And yeah. Sometimes that's just a conversation. It doesn't really matter, Right. Energetic, you know, yeah. Comfort, yeah. to just listen to. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. to it. just listen and put your attention on someone else. Yeah. So, um I'll I, I think you've we've covered most of the ones on my list, which is beautiful, which is what I was hoping for. And so I'll just I'll just run through it. I'll just read read it. Um and for, for those who would like, um, I'm happy to share my, share my notes from the day with you. And uh, if, you, if you sign up for my email list, you'll, you'll, you'll get the notes, and you can do that out, uh, out there. Um, or I'll write, There's, um, you can do it by text message too, which actually tends to be more reliable because it's sometimes very difficult to read people's handwriting. So uh, I'll put the information for that up on the board. Um, so redirecting attention is kind of the principle here, which is what Michael was saying, which is focusing our attention on something neutral or pleasant. And that could be another place in the body or it could be outside the body, whether it's through physical senses or through a relationship, but placing the attention somewhere else. That's that's what we're doing here. Um, another uh, Another way of doing this that didn't come up explicitly but was kind of implied in some of them is a, a practice called orienting, which is what which we'll talk about and do in a little bit, which is connecting to our environment through our senses. The orienting lets our body know where we are and sends a signal that we're safe. This can be very calming and soothing. Healthy Pleasure is another way of talking about some of the things that were just mentioned. So intentional, non-addictive, sensory pleasure. So this includes beauty, like art or music, being in nature. This includes touch. So massage, bathing, healing touch. Healthy food, nourishing food. Um entertainment, whether it's music or movies or reading. And some of what's happening here with healthy pleasure is um, learning to learning to appreciate the, that which is not in pain. So Thich Nhat Hanh, the Vietnamese Zen teacher, talks about appreciating your non-toothache. Anyone here have a toothache right now? How many of us were aware that we don't have a toothache right now until I mentioned it? You were. Okay, great. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, there's pretty excruciating levels of pain that we can be in. And so finding the capacity to notice and appreciate the parts of either our physical body or our experience that aren't in pain can be a very um, powerful way to find balance expanding our sensory awareness like Miranda and I were talking about, so becoming more aware of subtle experience, social engagement, connecting with friends and family, cultivating healthy mind states, positive mind states like gratitude and joy, Um, and then other things like meditation or prayer uh, or even um, visualization or guided imagery, which we'll do some of tomorrow. So all of these working with Taking the attention away from the painful experience and connecting it with another experience that's either pleasant or neutral, or if the pain is, re- if it's difficult, sometimes it's hard to find something even that's neutral, right? Then what we can do is we put our attention on something less painful. So the movement goes from, because the mind is always drawn to the place of the most intensity. It's going to go to the place that's the most painful. So if we can't find something internally or externally that's neutral or pleasant, we can at least find something that's less painful and put the attention there. One other general principle here in uh, in in shifting the attention to find balance is that um, we're moving the attention... Um, from, not all of the time, but sometimes we're moving the attention from the core to the periphery. So we're moving out. So whether that outward movement is kind of like into the environment, to a person, to a specific experience or object, um, but moving the attention outwards towards towards the periphery. Unless that's where the pain is, obviously. So if the pain is like on the surface of the skin, or in the joints in the hands or the feet, then you would want to move in a, in another direction. So I want to do I want to do a guided practice with this. Um, but first, we've been sitting for a little bit, so maybe we'll stand and do a, a little movement. Michelle, could you pause the recording? So I want to do a short guided practice um, of redirecting our attention in a few different ways to just give you a little bit of a menu of tools. Um, In addition to all of the ones that we just talked about, some of which involve other people, some of which we'll, we'll practice later, working by yourself with your own attention. First thing that we can do is something called orienting. So, if you've ever watched deer or elk in the wild or videos, you'll see them grazing or kind of eating, and every few minutes, what do they do? They look up, look around, go back to eating. So, you know why they do that? Predators, right? They're checking for predators, making sure that they're safe. So, that's called orienting, connecting to the environment through the senses orienting sends a signal to our nervous system that we're safe. So using the eyes, the head and the neck to connect with our environment is generally calming and soothing for the nervous system. So I wanna just invite you now to explore that. So let your eyes go where they wanna go. Go ahead and just begin to look around the room and see if you can explore the space inside, outside, through the windows. And in particular, as you're looking, I want you to notice color, shape, light, Line. So we don't see trees and windows and walls. We see green and brown. We see squares. And as you're exploring the space with your eyes, if there's anything that you find that looks interesting or pleasing, you can allow your eyes to linger there. Let yourself take it in. Let yourself notice the different features and qualities of that particular image. If you feel yourself zoning out, try to see if you can uh, move your head and your eyes and really, really connect, really see what can I notice here. So the muscles that enervate the eyes, the head and the neck are connected to the vagus nerve, which is an important nerve for our central nervous system. And by turning the head and using the eyes in this way, it actually activates the ventral vagus nerve, which is calming for the, for the nervous system. So you might even find yourself taking a spontaneous deep breath. That often happens for me when I orient. <coughs> So sometimes orienting can be um difficult particularly if there's a lot going on and then we can um we can do something that that a colleague of mine calls the freak out formula which is basically a way of kind of um, gently coaxing our attention to orient and uh, this also works really well with 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 small children so three things that you can see three things that you can hear three things that you can touch and naming them and just cycling through each of those senses seeing, hearing, touching you could also use smell or taste but they tend to be less immediately available um, and and taking care to really name the experience rather than the concept so instead of I'm touching the table it feels smooth um, slightly hard, and there's a ridge, okay? Instead of saying, I see the hills, it would be, I see brown, darker brown, yellow. I see some green, some yellow-green. I see a kind of diagonal line. So really noticing the actual experience, which is bringing our attention out from the internal world and connecting us with the present moment. So Doug was talking earlier about the power of really staying focused on the present moment. This practice of orienting or identifying specific experiences of sight, sound, or touch helps to root our attention in the present moment. And so whenever you're ready, you can allow your eyes to close And notice where your attention goes automatically. Maybe it goes to your breathing if you're a meditator or some other meditation object. If there's pain in your body right now, notice if your attention goes straight there. And instead, see if you can focus on sound Notice the sounds in the room. See if you can notice the actual experience of hearing rather than the concept of what you're hearing. Tone, the volume, the pitch, the rhythm. Put all of your attention onto hearing. You might even make a soft mental note hearing, hearing. Reminding the attention to stay focused on the sounds that are occurring. We're just experimenting, we're exploring here. If you can notice the sense of space, wide open field that comes with hearing. When your attention gets pulled away from sound to a thought to a sensation, just gently notice that. See if you can let it be and come back to noticing sounds. exploring what it's like to take a very wide frame of reference you like you can stay with the experience of sound or you can experiment shifting your attention into your body and see if you can find a place in your body that feels pleasant or if not pleasant at least neutral So a few areas to check that tend to be easy to feel. One is your hands. Another is your feet. Another is your lips or the tongue in your mouth. or there might be someplace else for you that feels neutral or pleasant. So choose a place and then begin to explore it. See if you can give your whole attention, all of your attention to that one area of your body. Begin to explore every millimeter of it, really getting interested in the detail. If there are other sensations that are tugging on your attention, just allow them to be in the background. They don't need to go away. Some of your awareness might still be there, that's fine. Just giving more awareness, more attention to feeling this other part of your body. You can continue exploring that region or you can try one more experiment, which would be shifting your attention. So try shifting your attention, say from your hands, feeling the sensations there for a few moments, lingering there, then to your lips, Feeling the sensations there for a few moments. Lingering there. Then to sound. Noticing hearing. And coming back to the hands just cycling through, seeing what it's like to rotate, shifting your attention between two or three or even four different places. Again, that feel, if not pleasant, at least neutral. Anytime a painful or unpleasant sensation calls your attention, there's just that sense of acknowledgement. Yes, thank you, later. Right now we're doing something else. Practicing this tool of choosing where you put your attention. Consciously redirecting the attention away. And so as you open your eyes, once again I just invite you to end by orienting once more. Doesn't need to be long, but just notice what it's like to look around. Let your eyes, your head and your neck take in the space. What can you notice that you didn't notice before? Any kinds of details about the room? Where you are okay great so let's talk about this some um, I'm curious what um, what your experience was of um, exploring these different ways of of placing and using your attention, first through orienting, then with sound, and then with other places in the body. What did you find? What was useful? What was challenging? Yeah. You want to say more? What was, what was pleasurable about it?
1: It was just, you know, in feeling pain, taking it away. And it was like, this is really beautiful. Like, feeling my eyelids relax was just peaceful. It felt mm-hmm. good on my face.
0: Mm-hmm. Looking out at
1: the sky, the blue is so beautiful. Just taking mm-hmm. pleasure in other things mm-hmm. that
0: wouldn't normally pay attention to. Yeah. Wonderful. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. And also to say it's not always possible. Sometimes when the pain is really strong, it's like, it's really hard to focus on something else. Did anyone have that experience? Yeah, yeah, or it almost just feels like I'm trying, but it's just like, uh, uh, the the mind just keeps going back there. Yeah. It's more like, everywhere I go, it's painful. Everywhere I go, it's painful, yeah. Right, yeah. And so, one of the things to note is, like, in many ways, this weekend is like a big experiment, and you know, so it's like when you're at a buffet and you try different foods, and some foods like eh, I didn't like that one. <laughs> you know, so so not everything's going to work for everyone, and um, yeah, there'll be other tools I think that will that will connect more, and um, and the more you know, the more we practice these kind of meditative training exercises of of consciously, intentionally putting our awareness on one object and and keeping it there, which is called concentration, um, the, the more facility we have at being able to do that. So if everywhere inside is in pain, then it might be outside that you put your attention, right? It might be with sound. It might be with sight or with external touch, Right, like if you have a pet, just stroking the pet or something like that, where it's like it's it's soft and it's smooth, and there can be that, that enjoyment and the focusing of attention on a sensation that's um, that's pleasant or neutral that takes the mind away from the pain. Because that's what we're that's the point here. That's what we're that's what we're exploring is how do we develop the capacity to shift the attention away.
2: Um, I'm very fortunate that in my house I have a nice big picture window that mm-hmm. looks out. And I love looking at it because it changes every day, you know, mm-hmm. as our weather often does around here. So sometimes I can see all the way to the Golden Gate Bridge. A lot of times it's totally invisible. There's fog, you know, mm-hmm. there's lights, there's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I was already doing it. But I didn't really yeah. know why or I didn't really yeah. think about it as right. being uh, pleasure, you know, yeah. pleasing. I just was like, oh, I'm randomly looking out the window at various points in the day because it's interesting or whatever. So I think the, you know, dear description was really helpful and now I can be a little more intentional about doing it because I really, mm-hmm. I really do enjoy it, you yeah. know, and I'm just like, oh, I'm so grateful that I live here and I have mm-hmm. this window, but yeah. now I can kind of think about it more. And I also mm-hmm. had learned that it's a good idea to do for computer eye strains. So yes. I also do it. And one time I came home and I looked out that big picture window and there was a turkey looking right back at me because <laughs> it's my neighbor's <laughs> roof. So I never know what I'm going to see. So yeah.
0: Great. Thanks. It's, is it Missy? Yeah. yeah thanks, Missy. Yeah, Michelle.
2: Well, I found this much more pleasurable as a meditative practice instead of breathing
0: Mm, and not thinking. Right.
2: You know. Yeah. Let your thoughts go. Yeah, I thought it. It didn't seem like meditation because I actually was enjoying it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Great. Well, meditation can be enjoyable, and it's about finding the right technique or practice that we really connect with. So you could explore this more, whether it's focusing on sound or exploring a particular part of your body or moving your attention between two or three different objects. Um, yeah.
1: I found that it was when we cycled through the, the seeing, hearing, touching, mm-hmm. that it was easier and more effective or mm-hmm. pleasurable for me to distract myself through sight or sound versus mm-hmm touch mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was more more likely to then take my attention back to the physical right. manifestation of pain right um and so i i don't know if other people have that experience but yeah you know, i think i definitely preferred to be out in the world looking around yeah yeah
0: yeah and um makes sense right because mm-hmm. if you're in the same terrain if you're in the same sensory region then that's gonna. It's it's easier for the attention to slip over into the pain. So you know, maybe focusing more first on sight and sound, and developing the capacity to keep the attention there. Um, but then I would still encourage you sometimes to practice with: Can you, um, for short periods of time, focus on another sensation in the body? Mm. Right, because when there is um, when there is pain in the body, um, it can be helpful to have developed the capacity to to um, put the attention somewhere else. Like I do, when I go to the dentist, that's what I do. You know, mm. I feel my focus on, I meditate on feeling my hands, or the breath, or sometimes loving-kindness practice, or so just really placing the attention somewhere else. And it's not like the pain doesn't still happen, Right, but more of the attention is with something else. Yeah, yeah, uh, Don. So I've read something to the uh, the effect of um, possibly considering trying to disassociate from your pain. In Mm -hmm. other words, don't so much concentrate it on on yours as it being kind of an abstract or something Mm -hmm. else and somebody else, Mm -hmm. and as a way to kind of separate yourself Mm -hmm. from. Right. Pain. And I was just wondering, what would your thoughts be about
2: mm-hmm. about
0: that? Hmm. I don't know. I'd have to. S- I'd have to see the context that it was suggested in. I could see ways in which that can be helpful, and I can see ways in which that would be um, risky. Yeah. Right. So. You know, there's a certain dissociation is a strong word, um, and you know, um, it's natural to enter a dissociative state when we're in a, in extreme pain or the level of arousal or activation is above what we can tolerate. Yeah. It's protective, and the, the our nervous system does that automatically. Um, it doesn't sound like that's what this person was saying. There's a way to disidentify from the pain um, which can be helpful and that's more the direction I would go in which is less about dissociating and more about noticing the way the sense of self and being really identified or over-identified with the pain comes in. right? Where it's like, The focus is even less on the pain and more on me and my life and my pain and why am I and when will I and and that kind of self focus is particularly around something unpleasant is usually very painful. Um, There's a lot of suffering bound up in that. So there is some, uh, there is definitely benefit in learning to observe not just pain but experience um, with. without coming from the vantage point of self. Right. But that's not dissociating. There's actually a very intimate connection with the experience, but it's just not framing the experience in terms of a sense of self. Right, right. Yeah, yeah and I think maybe that was more the intent of right. disidentification as yes. opposed to dissociation. right, yeah. right, yeah. yeah. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, Miranda? Um,
1: I've got a muddle of thoughts that
0: Muddle away. Yeah,
1: they're not, I I haven't found the logic for them yet, but um, I feel like one of the things that I noticed in that practice we just did was how slow everything felt, Mm. Um, and I feel like in my life, one of the things I um, wrestle with is um, when to embrace that slowness, Hmm. and when to... Um, I often think of it as compartmentalization. So um, if someone asks me, like, my husband might ask me, like, oh, do you have a migraine right now? Like, I can answer him, like, yes or no, or it's this level on a scale of 1 to 10. But um, it's not at all what I am actively preoccupied by. And I feel like a lot of, like, if I just think about the past several years, like, there's a lot of times where... um, I plug through my daily life very actively and there is something that's highly compartmentalized, you know, some physical pain. Um, And and I think Mm. the slowness practice, I become much more aware of the pain, which itself becomes painful. Right. Um, But one of the, one of the things I kind of wrestle with is like, how much of this is just chronic, I'm going to live with it, and therefore compartmentalization and choosing mm-hmm. when to focus on it is healthy, mm-hmm. and how much it's actually a signal to get some kind of attention because it is something you know when you started at the very mm-hmm. beginning, you talked about pain as like a signal because there's something to fix right right, right. And, um, you know, I feel like I'm at a point right now where some of the pain that I've been experiencing it turns out is something i I could have fixed, mm. and you know I'm trying to figure out in my life going forward like how much to spend time noticing being aware because it will help me find a resolution mm-hmm. and how much to um, use that skillful compartmentalization where it's not it's not ignoring it it's just deciding to live a life doing things that are more than what if I paid a deep attention to my pain yeah. I would be choosing to do yeah so there's, there's my plate of
0: yeah <laughs> Yeah, thank you. It sounds like some very kind of just useful reflections, useful things to, to contemplate. And like when you're compartmentalizing, why? How much is it useful? When is it useful? Um, when does compartmentalizing actually increase the stress? Because you're in a struggle trying to keep it in a compartment, right? Versus allowing it to be there but not focusing on it, Mm -hmm. right? Because those are different things, a sense of blocking something out or compartmentalizing it versus, like, allowing it to be here but it's not taking up the whole picture.
1: I guess that's what I'm unclear about Mm -hmm. is how, Mm -hmm. you know, in that practice we just did there was some noticing where your attention first goes right which might be to the pain right. and then shifting it to something else right and i think you're just you would describe that as allowing it to be there just not
0: just not focusing, focusing, focusing on it, on it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah not focusing on it and again it's like this particular so orienting is something we can do anytime and it's great you know you you can't overdo orienting it's, you know, you can do it all day long and it'll be fine. <laughs> um, the, the, the internal directing of attention is more of just like a training exercise, like building a muscle, and that's not necessarily something we're going to be doing all of the time. But it is something when, say, in the flow of your day, it's like you're having a headache and it's strong to, to notice it and be able to consciously put your attention somewhere else. So if you're washing dishes, to be like, oh, I'm just really going to feel... The water and the dishes and the sponge, and really just going to keep focusing on that. Even though the headache's there, I'm going to give more attention here to this. So it's it's um, the intention is to kind of open up a possibility as a uh, for for further development and exploration, rather than saying somehow this is what you should be doing all of the time, mm-hmm. or this is, this is a tool that's useful in every situation. It's more just, okay, here's one thing. And the central principle um, you know, for, for this part of the, uh, the weekend is how do we develop the capacity to take our attention away from pain? And we'll do other practices, um, other ways of doing that. But orienting and shifting the attention to another place in the body or to sound is one are are a few ways of doing it. Yeah. Thank you. Anything else? Any other comments or experiences or questions? Okay, then I have I have an assignment for you. So we're gonna um we're gonna take lunch. We'll take an hour. For, uh, for our lunch break. So I want you to, um, during the course of the lunch break, um, seek out healthy pleasure and let yourself really enjoy it. So whether that's taking a walk and experiencing the air and the sun and the smells, or whether it's eating your lunch, eating your food, or whether it's talking to someone else and having an enjoyable conversation. But I want you to really, so continuing this, basically continuing this practice that we just did in a new way. So the, the, the aim is notice what's pleasurable, it doesn't need to be ecstasy, right? Just like it feels all right, you know? Like you're thirsty and you drink water. That's pleasurable. Notice it. Really be mindful of it. Let it nourish you. So for this next hour, see if you can notice any pleasure that you're experiencing and really enjoy it. If you take a nap, if you take a walk, uh... As a way of continuing to enhance this capacity to choose where you put your attention, okay? So um, it's uh, it's a it's about ten of. Let's by this clock it's almost five of. So let's come back here at one fifty five. We'll we'll start at one fifty five. So. If one of you could ring a bell 10 minutes prior at a, a quarter of. Okay. Great. And I will put.